back with episode 861 of The Critical Myth. I'm John Harris, and tonight we have... Sorry, John, it took me a while to peel away from the television. I'm still trying to catch up, but uh, this is Gary from Jacksonville. That's right, and we are going to be getting into lots of episodic discussion. We will try and get through this stuff in a reasonable amount of time, but we are at the end of the season, so there's quite a lot that's been uh, spooling out here. So before we do any of that discussion, Gary, um, why don't you give a general disclaimer? Uh, yes, even though it has been a, a few weeks since we've been around, um, we will still assume that um, we want to give you fair notice that we will be discussing every life, every death, every romance, and every villain vanquished with uh, utter abandon because we don't want to leave out any good points. So if you hear something that you don't want to, we don't apologize so much as forgive us for wanting to indulge. That's right. And as usual, what we do is we start off at Wednesday, the shows that run Wednesday, and end at the shows that air on a Tuesday. It's tradition. That was just the, the cycle that we got into many years ago based on when people could watch things and when we were originally recording, and we've just kind of stuck with that model. So uh, we're just going to continue. Uh, yeah, so these are shows that actually aired, many of them, in uh, the beginning, the first half of May. So it, late April, first half of May for those who are keeping score. So you, you should have had more than enough time to watch these probably. Probably. Probably about why? as much time as we did. Um, I was just say, why haven't you? All you have to do is just stop sleeping and you can catch up on everything. That's right. That's right. And there's even many shows in this list that I could not get to. Um, and the reason that we're even just looking at early May is because I'm still behind on about a week and a half ago. So, yeah, uh, it, it's definitely uh, hard to keep up right now because of all of that's out there. But let's start on Wednesday nights. And the first thing that I'm going to notice is that there is literally like seven shows on Wednesday nights right now. I don't know why. But, yeah, they loaded up Wednesday nights. There's always one night that just gets overloaded. So bear with us on Wednesdays. Um, I'm going to start actually with Hulu and uh, The Handmaid's Tale, which has come back for a second season. Um, Not what I'd call exactly pleasant viewing very often, but still an excellent story being told there. And um, I've been pretty happy with it. Um, Edmund has also been happy. Uh, The first two episodes, June and Unwomen, um, I gave a nine and Edmund gave an eight. The third episode, uh, Baggage, uh, I gave an 8, and Edmund gave a 7.5. And the fourth episode, Other Women, I gave an 8. So it's coming in around an 8, maybe a little higher, so above average. So, yeah, it's still uh, knocking it out of the park. I mean, the first season uh, was uh, really um, quite high up there as far as all of our opinions were concerned. But this is uh, – you're not watching this show, right, Gary? No, sir. Too dark for me, I admit it. (laughs) No, it's – I am – I fully admit that it is um, not for everyone. Um, there, are, There's a lot of stuff that's kind of dredged up in this, and I think that it's it's easily a show that could trigger some people when they're watching it. Um, and I think that even uh, for some, it kind of delivers mixed messages at times, and I get that. Um, so it is a difficult show to watch, which is partially why I just kind of wanted to get to it right away. Um, and then moving on to a completely different kind of show, though equally insane at times, Riverdale. Uh, we had season two, episode 19, Prisoners, which I gave an eight. Episode 20, Shadow of a Doubt, which I gave an 8.5. And episode 21, the penultimate episode of the season, which I gave a nine. So I think that the second season of Riverdale is ending pretty strongly. Um, uh, let's see. Other shows that I'm watching. Well, here's one, Gary, that I think you've said that you are hoping, or I think that you're catching up on. Maybe not. Are you up to date on The Expanse? No, sir, I'm not. Ooh. Okay. That's one you definitely want to binge watch when you get the opportunity. Season 3, Episode 3, Assured Destruction. Edmund and I both gave that one an 8. 
Episode 4, Reload, both Edmund and I gave that one an 8.5. And Mm -hmm. then we have uh, Episode 5, Triple Point, which I gave an 8.5 and Edmund gave a 9. As uh, someone who has read the second book of the Expanse novels, this is a very interesting adaptation because they they do diverge from the way that things are done in the book. Um, They get to the same endpoints, but they get there differently. And I think it actually is a really good adaptation. Yeah, good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it's bittersweet watching the show right now until we get word if they are in fact coming back. The Americans is on Wednesday nights, uh, season six, episode five. This is of course the final season. So these are the final episodes that are spooling out. We have episode five then of the sixth season, the great patriotic war, which Edmund and I gave an eight. We have episode six, Rafifi, which, uh, again, Edmund and I gave an eight. And then we have episode, oh, did I say five there? Uh, that's episode seven. I don't know why I put that, but I'll just fix that. Uh, which I gave an 8.5, but Edmund only gave a 7.5. So um, I know that Edmund has some uh, some conflicting opinions about this final season of The Americans, but I will let him discuss those when he comes back. Yeah, I'm sorry you guys really didn't like the show at all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Felicity Becomes a Russian Spy is an awesome show. <laughs> I'm a little confused how they got from one place to the other, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping by the end they explain what, what happened to really push her over the edge all right also on wednesday nights in the show that i know you are watching krypton season one episode six civil wars which i gave a 7.5 and you gave an eight we then have also episode seven transformation which similarly a 7.5 and an eight and finally um savage night which i gave an eight and you gave a nine so um generally speaking you're a little bit happier with this show but uh yeah give me your thoughts on this gary Uh, you seem to be enjoying this quite a bit yeah, and I was uh, kind of ambivalent about it. Of course, given the subject matter, I would I was more than willing to give it a shot, but I was I was really hesitant. And to be honest with you, for I'd say the first, uh, I'd say three three to four episodes, I really didn't feel like I was getting enough character development. The story itself was uh, sort of pinging between concepts. Uh, are we going to do Brainiac? Are we going to do Segel in, uh, avenging his grandfather? Uh, are we going to do Black Zero? Where is all the, or are we going to deal, deal with this whole Zod sort of just general angst? Where are we going with it? And so it seemed kind of rudderless and the characters, especially Segel, who's supposed to be the main star, was one of the least appealing of the characters. And um, so, but I, I hung in there and somewhere around, I'd say, probably around episode six, it seemed like everything started to gel a little bit better. Um, uh, we obviously sort of see where they were going with all the disparate um, themes or uh, storylines, and they are actually all coming together. And I, I was a little surprised. I thought they were just wandering, and they were actually uh, developing. <laughs> um, so uh, I was thrilled to sort of see so much start to come together in what obviously was a grand plan. And um, I love when things are you know set up, set up and execute it well. And I think so far they look like they're going to pull it off. So. While Segel still probably is not my most favorite character of this series, um, he's he's definitely uh, picked up speed and is doing a lot better. The sole disappointment so far for me has actually been Adam Strange. It feels like they've uh, downplayed him where he was uh, so significant in the first few episodes. So uh, we'll have to see where he pans out. They look like they're starting to pick up his storyline again, so I'll have to see. I think my general um, kind of takeaway from this is that I think Seg as a, a main character is just weak. I don't mm. think enough. Um, I don't think he has enough personality, and I think that takes a lot away from what's going on. There's a lot of, I think, unnecessary like complication to the story. To me, the best parts are where they are simply trying to overcome what Brainiac has done to the word of Rao, and that is a pretty straightforward uh, situation. 
and to me that is actually the more compelling side of it so I like those uh, those concepts. I think they're actually doing much better than people probably realize because I think those first few episodes were very off-putting and a lot of people kind of wrote the show off for that. And I think that's actually a, a bit of an unfortunate turn of events. Yeah. They stunk. They stunk, much. John. Not, not off-putting. They stunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying to be nice. Yes, um, yes. Mainly because I think that there's a lot of setup there that isn't obvious setup. And I think that Yes, they also had to find their rhythm. And with only 10 episodes, when half your season is finding your rhythm, there's a lot of people that are going to write you off. So <laughs> I think Krypton got off to a rough start. However, I do feel like this is a show that will probably be really uh, well-received when someone can just sit down and binge 10 episodes. Yes, I think if you can get through the first four episodes, I think it picks up drastically. Yes. Well, with a little bit of word of mouth, people might be willing to do that. So there you go. Uh, okay, moving on then to Thursday nights. We have... Um, Supernatural. Um, season 13, episode 20, Unfinished Business, which got an 8 from me. We have episode 21, Beat the Devil, which also got an 8. And then we have episode 22, Exodus, which also got an 8. So uh, I will say season 13 is actually picking up steam here at the end. I still don't know why this has to be a full season. I think that Supernatural at this point would do much better to have a shorter season with tighter storytelling. They don't need to have 23 episodes a year. Mm. Um, honestly, no. Save the money have a good 13 to 16 episode run like uh, maybe Legends of Tomorrow and just knock it out of the park. I think actually the, the, the cast would probably really like that idea because it would give them the opportunity to do a few other things in the meantime. But a show that's on season 14 next year, does, yeah, um, does it need 23 episodes? I don't know that it does. Hmm. Uh, I actually feel that way about a lot of shows. Um, I think Riverdale could have been better if it was a tight 13 to 18 episodes. I think the same is true of Arrow, which we had uh, Season 6, Episode 20, Shifting Allegiances, which I gave an 8 and you gave a 9. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Episode 21, Docket Number 11-19-41-73, you know, that... that Just rolls off the tongue, yeah. It does, uh-huh. uh, which I gave an 8.5 and you gave a 9. And then we had um, Episode 22, The Ties That Bind, which um, I give an 8.5 and you gave an 8. So, I, I mean, the end of this season is definitely kind of um, picking up steam. It's definitely coming on strong. I just feel like we both uh, felt like the middle of the season dragged. It was, yeah, it was, I've commented on that as well. Uh, maybe it was intentional to make Arthur so unlikable that even the audience can't stand him. Uh-huh. Uh, along, besides everyone else being alienated away from him. And if that's the case, they did one heck of a job because I was really fed up with him at that point. And um, so far, you know, these last few episodes, I know I think am I ahead of the, our discussions? I think so. Um, I really show him starting to uh, step up a little bit more, which is um, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that they, they just took so long to get to the point that they're getting at here at the end of the season. So it's, it's yeah. Yeah. Because I see where they wanted to be at the end, and it's—I'll uh, say—I think I might have one one episode. They—they they get there, but you're right. Maybe they should have. They wanted to end the season on, on on the note that they do, and but as a result, they had to stretch. Yeah, they really did, and it. They did the fake out with Caden James earlier in the season. I actually felt like he was a bit of a stronger villain than than um, even uh, Diaz is. And they took a while to sell Diaz uh, to the audience, I think, and they had that long stretch of Oliver alienating everybody. They could have tightened that up, and it would have, I think, been a much better season overall. Maybe they should have taken some some, uh, advisement or inspiration from a show that I think has had an incredible fifth season, 
um, and mainly because they they took the season and basically told two mini seasons worth of stories and that's mm. agents of shield um running on friday nights we had season five episode 19 option two which uh edmund and got i gave an 8.5 and you gave an eight we had episode 20 the one who will save us all which we all gave an 8.5 and then we had episode 21 the force of gravity which again we all gave an 8.5 granted it's coming out with scores similar to arrow but i feel like the fifth season of agents of shield has been excellent and considering that the fact that they did not know if they were coming back or not, I feel like they did an, a really awesome job of tying things that into this story that go back all the way to the beginning of the first season. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. They're definitely pulling it out. And I have to say, you know, I've never really cared for um, Adrian Pastar, but wow, he's doing, he's really doing, doing a, 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 a great job in this show. Um, he's, he's, don't get me wrong. He's overacting and cho- and eating up all the scenery, but he's doing it so well. I don't mind. He, uh, I'm, re- I'm really liking him a lot, a lot in this role. Absolutely. I mean, he is pretty much doing exactly what he should be doing at this point. Um, and, uh, it, I think that all the characters are knocking out of the park. I think we've seen some surprising things out of Fitz. I think we've seen some great decisions and and and, uh, and angst when it comes to Yo-Yo and Mac. And I think that Coulson himself has been really just on a tear this season. And just uh, this show really? is still. I, I don't see that. You don't think that he's been been no. No, I think I think okay. they've been backing him off so hard for Daisy that I was, um, quite frankly, a little disappointed. Uh, he seems like he's playing the, you know, I, I realize that the character is supposed to be sick and injured, but it, he feels like really sick and injured. This doesn't feel like the uh, Coulson who's going to go into keep doing something till he literally passes out. He's, you know, this maybe it's a mature maturing, I guess if you could say, it, but this whole sort of abdicating sort of uh, direction and responsibility to Daisy seems a little out of character. I know he's fond of her, very fond of her, and probably considers her the closest he'll ever have to a daughter or something of such. But uh, it just seems that he should know better and they should listen. <laughs> I just It just seems like some of the mistakes they're making that they might not be making if uh, Coulson was making the calls. Hmm. I, and just, so, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like they've done a good job of showing his arc over the five seasons and that he knows that he's on his way out and he's trying to get them to a point where they can move on without him. I guess. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be easy, especially when they're up against kind of uh, essentially what was a subplot back from season one, the whole Gravitonium thing. Mm. Um, I really love the fact that they brought that back and they brought everything full circle. And if you go back to the first season, I think that that's maybe why they're doing the whole thing with Daisy is they're also bringing her, her kind of arc to a, uh, to it's, you know, it, at least for now, logical conclusion. Um, we'll see how it goes. in as we go into the finale, obviously a lot of these are the, the episodes leading into finales. So we're not actually talking about the finales right now for many mm. of these shows, but, um, to me, I mean, like Arrow, I think was going strong into the finale, uh, agents of shield, definitely going strong into its finale. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how when we get the chance to actually talk about those. Yes. Um, moving over to Sunday nights, we have Westworld season two, episode two, reunion. Um, I gave it an eight. Edna gave it an eight point five. You gave it a nine. Uh, episode three, Virtu a Fortuna. 
Um, I give an 8.5, and you gave a 9. And then uh, episode 4, Riddle of the Sphinx, which Edmund and I gave a 9, and you gave a 9.5. So it sounds like you're really enjoying uh, Westworld as much as the rest of us, if not more. Well, I didn't. I guess I've had, I had the advantage of I binged it all, so yeah. it uh, definitely pieced itself together a little bit easier for me than waiting a week. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the first the first episode or so, um, you know, it's just, okay, it's a robot revolt, yawn. And um, it's much more than that. And I see it now and I'm just, you know, I'm very excited to see how it plays out because it's not just, it's so much more than that. It's, uh, you know, it's independent life forms, it's immortality. It's, it's so many different things. And it's like, huh, oh, wow. I figured it was just an Android with a few pro- lines of code missed out. But no, not at all. Yeah, they have been doing a really nice job of expanding on the scope of the story, not just from this season, but last season. I think the other thing that I've really enjoyed um, for, I mean, uh, it may seem odd, but the first season I thought relied a little bit on shock value sometimes. uh, Mm. In particular, like, oh, let's show some extremes in terms of having, you know, a lot of these people be nude and and so forth and, and show some of the, you know, sexy side of all of this. The fact that all the hosts are in revolt kind of takes that away, which is actually a strength of the story. You now barely have anything like that happening in the story. Instead, you have just all these ethical issues, all of these these big questions about is it ethical to have artificial intelligence bent to your will like this? Um, was Ford right to, re- to free them to um, kind of revolt? Um, is Delos uh, right to take them down is you know the whole sub point or or sub uh, motivation of Delos to come up with a cure for mortality um, via the hosts Um, what is the the ethics of that and man they they went from like you said a simple revolt from the end of the first season into the beginning of the second and they've added these layers in that they hinted at a little bit in the first season, but man, have they really been expanding on it? Oh yeah, like I said, it's been it's a uh, it's quite a. I don't want to say it's a turn because you're right; it's been there all along. But a revelation maybe is a better. Yeah, word. I didn't expect them to get to this so soon, which makes me wonder what then is the real end game if they're already pulling this trigger now. It's yeah, it's it's definitely intriguing, and it's it's funny because you know we are kind of like a show that has kind of for 850 episodes. <laughs> kind of been more likely than not to really delve into theorizing at least while we're watching maybe we don't get into as much detail on the show uh, on on the actual podcast anymore but certainly as we're watching it we're usually usually you know looking at the deeper layers if we can and this is a show where i'm actually at the point where i'm just trying to take it as it comes i i enjoy it so much better just letting them tell the story well you know it's it's not only uh discovery of the overarching story it's the discovery of what westworld's put there to do it's the uh self-discovery of several of the the key characters that i think is also happening it's the revelation of aspects of other characters and so yeah there's there are so many secrets and you know sort of things being outed and exposed and revealed that it's it's almost it's kind of whiplashy in a way yeah absolutely and in, in in all the best ways, in my opinion, yes. the writing is really solid. Uh, I, I love the fact that it's it's really just an evolution in many respects to what uh, the Nolans were doing on Person of Interest. And I, I know that you're not the biggest fan all the time of J.J. Abrams, but having those two get together and come up with this, it's got the twisty mythology with with unconventional storytelling, you know, gimmicks, if you will. 
with you know various time periods being all in play at the exact same time. You're never quite sure when the scene is taking place sometimes. But they do it in such an intelligent way that I think it, it, the best of both worlds is really getting reflected on the screen. Yes. Also on Sunday nights is a little show, Gary, that you've been championing for a while here, Timeless. Um, and the second season has actually kind of rounded out here. We have episode seven, Mrs. Sherlock Holmes, which you gave a nine. It was incredible. Oh my gosh, that was so good. Oh. <laughs> anyway. We also have The Day That Reagan Was Shot, episode eight, which you gave a 9.5. You realize the, uh, the hardest part of that episode was realizing that that was almost 40 years ago. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, thanks that was, for reminding me. Yeah, yeah, that was the, I was like, geez, that's not, oh yeah, wait, it is really. <laughs> That was pretty low. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't hear you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was that, that was the, the one of the swiftest kicks. Yes. Uh huh. Episode nine and ten aired on the on the same evening. The the general and Chinatown respectively, and you gave that an eight and a nine point five respectively. So, um, all of these four episodes, three of them you gave a nine or above. So it sounds to me like you feel that the second season of Timeless, while it kind of uh, stumbled a bit in the middle there. Um, kind of really, really picked up steam and, and went out swinging at the end. Oh yeah, and geez, I mean, this was a uh, this was a hail mary to get this season. So I'll start off with saying, regardless of how well I thought of it, I'll still be surprised to see a uh, third season of it. Unfortunately, from what I've read, it didn't is not gander the ratings that it, it was hoped to get. Um, that being said, um, yes, they hit their stride. I felt they had this whole adjust. They uh, finally got this, uh, the Rittenhouse sort of overarching mystery uh, revealed to a large extent. And so we understood that and they were really going after it in strong ways. Um, the history continued to be, um, you know, at least well, I'm always a sucker for history, but you know, uh, let's see who did we get this season. We got, we got a, uh, you know, besides the, you know, the Reagan shooting, we got, um, Harriet Tubman, we got um, a whole view of uh, San Francisco Chinatown in the 1880s during one of the, one of their heydays. Um, the um, the Mrs. Sherlock Holmes was about a, a, a woman who actually uh, did solve crimes, crimes that the police didn't want to usually investigate that involved women or children. And she worked in you know 1919 New York City trying to figure out and solving some of these mysteries, a real person. So they continue to find these little gems of history to sort of uh, frame their stories around. Um, we have... Um, you know, Wyatt's wife ends up turning out to be a traitor for Rittenhouse, though, and we never knew it. And uh, it's you're, you, you're, your head swung back around. Wait, what? what huh? And um, you know, it just they kept you know everything going. The um, the the end of the show. Um, they they uh, they're sitting there. They finally find the uh, the uh, life raft uh, to bring bring them back into the current time. They really felt like they uh, had been beaten, and um, Rufus died dead really dead mm. like and you're like oh my gosh so you know you're sad over this character's death and then all of a sudden out of nowhere oh, yeah i said the spoiler meeting okay um a second light bulb appears out and out walked our two other main characters and saying what are you standing around for let's go save rufus all right. ah, and, th- nice. and then it goes and then it goes black now th- when they come back the uh life the life raft looks a little newer a little slightly more modern um why it has a beard <laughs> Um, uh, so there's, um, geez, I keep blanking out on her name, but her hair is actually cut short. So you can tell that a, a reasonable amount of time has passed between where we're at viewing the show and where these people are coming from. And so, oh gosh, oh, we, we can, there's a way to save her. Oh, that if we get a third season, 
<laughs> so I have, um, yeah, so it definitely left on very much of a cliffhanger. Um, I really felt that they got, um, really started to get a lot of the relationships right, especially when, um, gosh, who was the guy that, oh, I'm never going um, the guy that started making the time the the time ships, um, you know, he lost his whole fortune, was discredited, and um, he started actually becoming really a full team member. And he, um, I, I really enjoyed the development of uh, of his character, and um, yeah, I think they had time to flesh out just about everybody uh, in a very satisfying way. So. Um, I really feel like I know this cast. Um, as a side note for any fans who are listening, uh, yes, that that was uh, Abigail Spencer at the royal wedding, and I can only imagine that they're shooting season three as we speak, and that's why she was there. Keep, at least I can, at least I can yeah, hope. Keep to <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's good to hear that you were satisfied with the second season, uh, the way that it ended up. It sounds like it was actually a pretty good ending for fans of the show uh, as far as uh, bringing the season to a close. Uh, but as you say, the, the, the kind of sad part of it is that it's pretty unlikely to be coming back. Yeah, I'll be I'll be very surprised. I wasn't happy that they chose to end it on this sort of cliffhanger. But at the same time, they, um, I the show um even if it stops now i felt got a good run uh the actors got times to really flesh out their characters in ways that made them feel real to me and um i i'd love to see a third season if i don't i don't think i'll be bitter just longing (laughs) gotcha gotcha all right um let's see beyond that we have then monday night and that brings us to supergirl season three episode 16 of two minds which i give an eight and you gave a 7.5 we have episode 17, Trinity, which I give an 8 and you give an 8.5. And then episode 18, which uh, which is Shelter from the Storm, which I give an 8 and you give an 8.5. So it seems like you're pretty favorable. We're not really that far apart on this one, I don't think. No. Uh, yeah, I, I think that actually the third season of Supergirl has been pretty strong. Well, I knew once they brought the Legion into it, it had infinitely improved. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, that being said, um, give Monella a blue cape and he's ready to go. So, I, I yeah, they... Uh, um, my misgivings about uh, Legion characterizations aside, um, Monel I think has really come around this season. He's not quite the whiny, needy uh, character that he was in um, in season two, and um, so that I think has helped. I feel like they've uh, they've made progress with resolving this the whole uh, love trial, uh, love triangle, or at least toned it down significantly, which was uh, nice because I re- I don't need that kind of um, soap opera drama in mm. in my in my Supergirl, and. Um, I I feel like they've crafted a villain that's at a good level with uh, Kara and her team to uh, fight against. Um, you know, Lena Luther is, is nice, but you know any sort of solely conventional villain against uh, Supergirl never never seems to me to be a uh, a fair battle. It, it just seem, always seems lopsided. But the idea that she has you know Kryptonian derived powers and um, this whole mythical prodigy thing, and then how they I love how they snuck the uh, Colville angle into all this, like he because you know, he had discovered all this Kryptonian knowledge. I, I still thought that was a, an excellent sort of slide into the writing. So um, I'm really happy with this. Uh, I think the Legion's uh, reveal on why they were here uh, to the because they wanted to prevent pestilence, or yeah, I think it was pestilence, from uh, eventually becoming the blight and destroying uh, dozens of worlds was a uh, it was a uh, great motivation, and um, so I, I think it's come together really well. Um, I'm still enjoying the uh, subplot with. Um, with John and his father and the difficulties that they're running across. I think that's a very uh, 
uh, topical type of um, subject matter to bring in and discuss. Um, this show is, um, while it does involve you know aliens flying around, has is um, really not hesitant to bring social issues into their storylines, and I think they continue to do that in uh, pretty meaningful ways. So uh, I, I, th- I think they hit the right balance, so I'm happy to see those type of topics come through along with space aliens. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, there was one episode a, a little while ago where the, the, the kind of social issues really kind of were overloaded. There were literally about like six of them in the space of three minutes uh, that got brought up. Uh, since then, they do seem to have balanced it out again. And I think really the biggest problem for Supergirl is that um, its season just got completely um, interrupted by the return of Legends of Tomorrow. And I, I think that that may have uh, lost a bit of its momentum. But again, I feel like maybe the CW might be um, better served by actually looking at shorter seasons for a lot of these shows. Um, mm. Just, yeah, or, or, or have... Um, and you know, go the Agents of Shield route, and maybe have the long season, but break it into two or three shorter arcs. Um, speaking of a show with a shorter arc uh, on the on the CW, I Zombie season four episode nine was Mac Live More, um, which I gave an eight. Episode ten was Yippee Kai Brain Mother Scratcher, which I gave a seven point five. And then there was uh, episode eleven, Insane in the Germ Brain, which I gave an eight. So uh, I Zombie still. Hilarious, still a lot of fun to watch, and uh, still going strong as far as I'm concerned. And if it is, in fact, the final season next year, I'm actually pretty good with that. Um, mm. This is a show I thought was probably only going to go two seasons. So, okay, I'm not too uh, unhappy if it only goes five. Um, it barely got renewed a couple of those years, so there you are. Um, also, then, going into Tuesday nights, we have The Flash, season four, episode 20. Therefore, she is, which I give an 8.5 and you gave an 8. We have episode 21, Harry and the Harry and the Harrisons, which is 6.5. And finally, there was episode 22, Think Fast, which we both gave an 8. I noticed, uh, Gary, that you did not give a score to Harry and the Harrisons. Oh, I'm sorry. I did see that, sir. I, I, how did I miss that uh, score? Yeah. One moment. Uh, oh, there we go. Get that episode? You know, man, it's just you got to be cool about this sort of stuff. You just can't take it too serious. I would take it seriously. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I came in around a seven for me. I thought I thought it was a novel approach. And it was definitely a way to uh, to showcase the uh, the art, the actor's abilities to uh, do different types of characters. And you know, they've been playing with him doing this for geez since the character, you know, uh, pretty much since the second season. So uh, I'm fi- I'm fine with it. It was a little over the top, I'll admit, but it was uh, f- kept me laughing enough that I couldn't complain too much. That was not nearly what I complained about for that episode as much as as much as it was kind of goofy and it took a little bit away. It was mostly the Amunette. Katie Sackhoff was great on Battlestar Galactica. What is she doing in this role? I still don't know what that accent is supposed to be other than atrocious. Yeah, um, yeah. I hear you. The character is just goofy. And then there's that dude with the snake in his eye that is supposed to be like imposing and dangerous and he just looks stupid. Um... I'm sorry, but it is one of the worst character designs I've seen in a long time. Um, and it just doesn't work. And it just, yeah, the whole episode was a mess, based on, mainly because of that. Um, those characters this season did not work for me. I mean, DeVoe was kind of back and forth as the thinker. Um, he had some good moments. He had some not-so-good moments. But Amonet across the board, to me, was just painful. Um, and again, this is, I feel like they have to, they've got to fill out 23 episodes but they don't really have enough story for it. And it feels like they would be better served doing shorter story arcs. 
you know, John, we've often discussed the uh, BBC model, yes, where it's uh, short, self-contained little arcs, and if they do well enough, they get to come back, and if not, they're done. <laughs> I don't mind if they have a total of 23 for the year. Okay. But maybe have eight-episode arcs. Tell a story, get in there, get out, move on to the next story. Trying to sustain a big bad over 23 episodes is looking harder and harder for the Arrowverse. For the DCW, rather. Um, well, it's hard It's hard to move fast and then stretch it across at the same yes. time. Um, you've got, you know, DeVoe just took for... Basically, any, any of these, like, villains, if they're going to be at all credible, to have them just kind of pause in the middle of a season and then come back in and be a credible threat, it's just hard, and we see the formula over and over again. So that's where I feel like, hey, maybe if you, 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 you shake things up, you... you have them go up against a, a few different circumstances rather than put all your marbles on. You know, what if people hated the thinker? What are you going to do? Well, I think they kind of did, <laughs> but still. Yeah, yeah. And they know we're stuck with it for the season. Yeah. So look what happened with season four of Arrow and Damien Dark. Same thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, these shows, they take a lot of gamble in, in sustaining a storyline for an entire year that, yeah, then they got to fi- put a lot of filler in there. And I feel like Aminette was a lot of filler. It was, yeah, filler. I'll yeah. use the word filler. Filler. Yeah. Um, okay. So finally, um, last word for me is uh, Legion season two, episode five, chapter thirteen, which um, I give an eight. Episode six, chapter fourteen, which I gave an eight point five, as did Edmund, and episode uh, or yeah, episode seven, chapter fifteen, which I gave a nine. Legion is still knocking it out of the park as far as I'm concerned. It is still one of the weirdest shows on TV. I still don't know what's happening half the time. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. It's it's basically Twin Peaks meets superheroes. There's nothing like it on TV right now. Uh, and yeah, I'm glad that it got a longer season. It actually had an episode added to the end of the second season, which is a little bit worrisome uh, for some because this show does not get great ratings. It's on FX. It doesn't get great ratings. But... Something tells me that it still might pull out a third season. Hmm. But if it doesn't, it was still one of the weirdest shows on TV. I'll take it. Hmm. Um, it's a really good representation of Legion as a... Uh, and the... Um, what was the name of the book that he had? It wasn't called Legion. It was something else. Like X-Men Legacy? X-Men? Like, oh. Yeah, it was like X-Men Legacy or something like that. And it was... Le- like yeah, Legacy. Just about Legacy. 10 years ago. And it was um, it was pretty trippy too. So this is a pretty good adaptation of that, I think. Did you watch any of Legion? Uh, not this season. Okay, but you watched it last season. Yes, and okay. yes, I, I agree with the uh, definitely the uh, unique point of view it presented. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Wow, we got through a lot of these shows pretty quickly. Um, any last thoughts, Gary, on these shows as they are kind of driving towards the end of the season in many respects? Um. You know, I am a comic book fan, but I have to admit I am surprised that CW renewed as many comic book properties as they did. Um, uh, that's uh, that's a little bit of a surprise to me. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, just that um, a fair no- well, there's still a fair number of I guess our type of genre shows. I know you know over previous years we drift into some more dramas or you know back and forth, and I can still think of shows that have gone by the wayside like Sherlock that's still in production that we you know we've gone away from. I think maybe not so much because we don't like the show, just because there's more fair that's sort of up our in our range that we would rather watch. And um, I'm just 
still glad of the plethora of choices that we have within uh, one of my favorite genres. So. I guess my concern is that, well, I don't think that we're getting superhero burnout in the movie theaters. I think the success of uh, Black Panther, uh, Avengers Infinity War, and now Deadpool 2 have shown that the movie uh, superhero franchises are going just fine. Uh, okay, well, okay, go ahead. Well, DC aside. Well, no, just my concern is that you're right. They're doing very well, and I'm just wondering what happens when you get two to three movies in a row, and I don't mean necessarily from the same franchise, but just the genre, that really tank it. Are they going to poison the well? Oh, I got to say. It's hard to, keep, it's hard to keep up this level in perpetuity. I mean, as we think, as I think about long-running franchise like the Bond franchise and things like uh, you know things along those lines, who have been around for decades, it's not hard to you know pull a stinker out of the hat, and you pull two or three, and you know it really damages things. So, well, I'm I'm concerned that they can keep this level up. So far, it seems to me like the damage gets um, gets uh, fenced in or, or or contained to the franchise in question because I was going to say. DC's, you know, movie universe is has a pretty bad rep, um, and unfortunately, I think it's deservedly so. Mm. Um, I, I I don't know too many people who are looking forward to Aquaman. Let's put it that way. Uh. I know a ton of people who can't wait to see Infinity, you know, the follow up to Infinity War, or even Ant Man and the Wasp has a lot of positive buzz compared to Aquaman. So mm. I think that while there's fatigue with certain aspects. And I would even say that there's a lot riding on Dark Phoenix. Um, the X-Men franchise is not is kind of a waffling because, you know, we were supposed to see the New Mutants movie this year. It got pushed back. We were supposed to see Dark Phoenix this year. It got pushed back. I think that the X-Men franchise in general is in, in pretty big disarray. And it could completely fall apart beyond Deadpool at this point. Um, but I think that the MCU is just steamrolling right now. Yeah. Oh, um, no, either. Yeah. Um, I guess my concern is the plethora of comic book related or superhero related TV shows. If I go down the list and I were to say, okay, let's just cut all of those out and they just disappear. Um, Do you count Riverdale? Um, no, I wouldn't count Riverdale right now because it's so so off the, the beaten path of its source material. Okay. But let's say Krypton, Arrow, yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Supergirl. <laughs> the Flash. Uh, the Walking Dead? Um, yeah, for all intent and purposes. There are a lot of shows here, like Legion even. Um, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. You've got all these shows. You've got a ton of shows that are on the list that we uh, have right here that are all comic book related. And I feel like almost, I feel a fatigue and I know that Edmund, you know, has, has said this in the past, and in some cases it's because there's been some good seasons lately of shows like, you know, uh, The Flash started off strong, Arrow started off strong, um, you know, Legion is, is kind of an, in a place all of its own. But I feel like the differentiation is starting to really kind of, uh, kind of waffle a little bit, and we're not, and there's just a lot out there. And I'm waiting for that moment when it kind of collapses in on itself. Um, because we also have the shows that, you know, um, if we just go over to um, the shows that are on Netflix, you know, we have Jessica Jones, we have Luke Cage, we have Cloak and Dagger coming out on Freeform. I know we're looking forward to these things, but I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that, like, that's a big chunk of what's out there for the quote-unquote genre. 
at what point do we start wondering like why like should we see shouldn't we be seeing more shows like you know the expanse or or some of these things like westworld you know if we if we get rid of a lot of these superhero shows the amount of genre representation goes down significantly so there's i think that you know once people really start getting tired of these shows a lot of the genre material starts to disappear well, you know, we've seen uh, zombies, we've seen vampires, we, you know, right now we're in the midst of superheroes. It, the wheel just keeps turning, so, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to take it in yeah. stride, but well, as I said, for right now, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm looking at what I'm actually, like, I'm enjoying it, but even as a comic book fan, I'm also kind of getting a little bit fatigued of of, of the just these long-running seasons, as I've been complaining about this entire episode. Well, um, you're right, you're right, they're not plotting them out well, and... Uh, at the same time, geez, it's not even like we're getting standalone filler episodes. They're trying to stretch out parts that I that have no stretch in them. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like so. Uh, yeah, I know it is. It's frustrating when you know, as you said, oh, geez, this isn't even a filler. You know, a filler episode like you know, the Flash had one this season where they didn't even talk about Devoe for an episode. Yeah. So you know, and that's one thing. But then to try and oh, let's go check his garbage cans to see. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. there's 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 points where you just shouldn't stretch it, and they still try to. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm a little concerned that we have a, a bit of a. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more variety. Um, like I'm just looking at this list. There's about 18 shows on here, and I mean, if you uh, you have some very um, niche shows like The Handmaid's Tale, which only a certain uh, audience is probably going to want to watch. Um, you have The Expanse, which is effectively canceled until we hear otherwise. We have um, two shows: The Originals and The Americans, which are different than what's on, uh, and they're and this is their last season. We have Colony, which is kind of out there, but I don't even know how many people still watch that show. I have it on my binge list. We have Supernatural, which is in its last legs. We have Fear the Walking Dead, which the Walking Dead franchise is on life support, in my opinion. Westworld, that's at least continuing to roll. Uh, Into the Badlands is kind of a a niche show that is only around a little bit. Um, And then Legion is the only real show that I think is out there that's really like staking its own identity at this point. Uh, Everything else is more or less a, a a variation on a theme, maybe iZombie, but that only is around for a few months. So it's, you've got all these shows that, um, I, I just, I want to see more variety and I hope for more variety because it's really, and I'm, maybe it's because I'm saddened by the fact that the expanse is technically right now canceled because at least we were having representation of hard sci-fi on T on TV somewhere. Yes. And yeah, it's hard. I mean, there's not a lot of, uh, it, it's hard to get a return on investment on that. And I know that right now comic book is, is king because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's got a lot of fans out there and DC has a very good reputation on TV on the CW. So why not? Well, not to mention, you know, we be, we often overlook, well, I don't think we overlook it, but you know, the comic book industry as a whole has 40 years, 40 plus year, uh, 50 plus years of monthly comic books <laughs> there is a such a treasure trove of uh, a well to dig in and pull stories out of that it's it's not hard to find enough to fill a season or two of a television show so you know it is quite the uh, body of work to you know pilfer through that's true that's true well, well i'm just hoping like i said for a little bit more differentiation just a little bit variety i i think that it's just it's dangerous to put so many much of your uh, so many of your eggs in one basket let's yes all right. Any last thoughts beyond that? Uh, no, there's a, a few season finales coming up that I'm sh- sort of uh, trepidatious about. I'm cu- curious where uh, Arrow's going to end up, and uh, I've heard some rumors about Agents of Shield that I'm not happy about. So we'll have to see. 
yeah, let's see. Let's go down the list of what next time that we do episodic discussion, what we're going to be talking about. We're going to, we have the season finale of Riverdale. Mm-hmm. We have the season finale of Krypton. We have the yep. season finale of Supernatural. We have the season finale of Arrow. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The Flash. Yeah, all of those. And iZombie. So all of those in the next, you know, the two weeks that are at the second half of... Of May, so yeah, and then right after that, I will be able to catch up on the expanse. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, and then like shortly thereafter, the Americans ends and uh, Legion is almost over for the season. Mm-hmm. Supergirl is wrapping up very quickly, um, although that's a little bit delayed because of Legends of Tomorrow. I mean, a lot of shows are going to be off the air when it comes to the beginning of June. So yeah, it's kind of crazy that it goes from this huge number to yeah, just really. Uh, kind of ramping down but definitely definitely pick up on the expanse gary i will i will I, yeah i will i've got i've, I've been uh, uh reapportioning some of my time and uh my family will be going on a nice vacation this weekend well I, you know i stay in work and earn money for the bill so i will have ample time there you go all right well then that is it until next time so until then and so ends another epic episode of the critical myth If you want to leave a comment for this show, head over to vognetwork.com. Not only can you find links to the podcast version of each show, but there is a dedicated forum, a ton of written reviews and related articles by the crew throughout the site. For the written reviews, you can even leave your own review. So let us know if you agree or not. You can also leave comments on our Facebook page, Critical Myth, on Twitter at Critical Myth, or Google Plus under The Critical Myth Show. Any and all use of copyrighted material is only intended for discussion, commentary, parody, or educational purposes, in accordance with U.S. Code Title 17, also known as Fair Use. In other words, please don't sue us. And of course, the statements and opinions of the Critical Myth crew are not necessarily those of the VOG network, its partners, or affiliates. But let's face it, we're probably right anyway. Until next time. Watch, watch, read, read, and listen, and listen, and believe, and believe in the critical, in the critical myth.